It's the People Make Things podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the modern entertainment industry. I'm your host, Christopher Natsuume, better known as Nine Squirrels. So it's late on a dark Sunday night here in Japan, and I thought tonight would be a great chance to sit back with some whiskey. I got a little uh, Wild Turkey 101, and... Uh, tell you about one of my secret shames. I have a guilty pleasure and my guilty pleasure is going to this dark, ugly corner of Reddit and reading a particular Reddit. I'm not going to tell you which one because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there's a particularly little corner of Reddit where expatriates who live in Japan get together and talk shit about other people that live in Japan because they're not as cool as us. And I'm not proud of this. This is not something I I feel good about. This is something I'm ashamed of. But there there is a certain part of being an expatriate in Japan uh, that's kind of special, I guess. We're a jaded, dark bunch. And it, and it's not... People will tell you that it's Japan that made us like this. It's not really Japan that made us like this. It's actually the foreigners that get us where we are. It's the constant crush of young, idealistic people who come over all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And, oh my God, I'm going to see this new amazing thing and everything's so great. And, oh, tell me how this is. And, oh, I had sushi. And, oh, I saw a geisha. And and you're just like, for fuck's sake, get your shit together, dude. It's not that cool. And there's there's a reason uh, we hate these people. There's a very clear reason we hate these people. Because we used to be these people. We all came over like that. We all came over with these stupid little James Clavell dreams of what things were going to be like. And we were dumb as fuck. And over time, we realized that, you know, this is this is just a place. It's got good stuff. It's got bad stuff. But it's it's just a place. And it's not so special. It's not so amazing when you see somebody do something. It's not, oh my God, wacky Japan. It's just that's a weird dude doing some weird shit. You know, they got some different culture over here, but it, you know what? Poland's got different culture. Venezuela's got different culture, but for some reason we don't lose our shit about Poland. You know, everyone will tell you, oh, did you know you take your shoes off in a, you, you, you take your shoes off in Sweden for fuck's sake. It's not, Japan isn't special for this. You, you take your shoes off before you go out in Canada, right? I mean, it, th- these things that are so amazing in Japanesey, they're not amazing in Japanesey. They're just they're just some shit that you do here, and every country's got some shit that you do. And for some reason, knowing about Japanese stuff has some kind of weird street cred to it. It's 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 amazing how many people they say, "Where do you live?" Oh, I live in Yokohama. Oh, that must be amazing. Really? It's it's just a it's a kind of large suburb on the southern side of a big industrial city on an island. It, it, it's you know if I told you I lived in uh, Hangzhou would that be amazing? If I if I told you I lived in Johor Bahru would would that be amazing? I I don't know. It, it's just a place. And to people who grow up in Yokohama, they they look across the ocean and they see Los Angeles, and they're like, "That's amazing." There, there are people that live, you know, in the same building I do that would think New Jersey was pretty amazing. Go figure. In any case, the real reason I think 
this group of people on this one forum of Reddit. And I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm almost certain. I'm not, to, I'm not a doctor, but I'm almost certain that this little corner of Reddit is giving me cancer. I think there's a tumor growing somewhere, uh, probably on my heart. I think that's definitely a heart tumor that this is. But uh, there, there is the one thing that we hate more than anything else, and that's that's an English teacher, and. We hate the English teacher because we all were an English teacher. And we came over here with these bright ideas. Oh, I'm going to bring my culture to Japan. And I'm going to, it's all going to be wonderful and great. And we came over here and basically for a couple years, we were tape recorders that, you know, an actual trained Japanese teacher who would actually, you know, who knew something, had a job skill beyond being able to speak their own native language, which is about all we had. That that they would be like, okay, monkey boy, time for you to speak your language, and we would, oh, hello, how are you, Kenji? I'm fine. How are you? Thank you. And and that was that was pretty much our job. And you realized after a week that that a relatively bright tape recorder could handle this just as well as you, but it it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't look as pretty, I guess. And and the you know, I would be less ashamed of having been in like a soft porn than I am uh, ashamed of being an English teacher. And I had a good time being an English teacher. I had fun. The guy who ran the school I taught at here in Japan, he was a cool dude. And I, I, you know, I, I don't want to put down the experience, but, but I do because every English teacher I meet, I hate. And I think, dude, you really are, you don't really understand. And I, it was even worse. I, you know, I'm, if you want to be doubly ashamed, I spent one year teaching English back in, uh, Oh, goodness, it would have been 1996, 97, something like that. But before I did that, if you go further back in time, uh, I lost my job back in the States. I needed something to do, and I saw an article in a newspaper that you could make money teaching English in Korea. And I actually flew out to Korea. I was there for about six months, and that was probably some of the most miserable six months I ever spent in my life. That was teaching English in Korea. I believe that was in 93 or 94, something like that. It was in the early 90s. Uh, it was it was back when Pearl Jam didn't suck, and I I remember going over there. I realized that there was this big differentiation between Americans and Canadians and and Australians. In that, if you were an Australian or a Canadian, you were Commonwealth, and you could get a visa. You could get one of these tourist visas that allowed you to work. It's like a working holiday visa. Uh, but Americans, we had to have a four-year degree. So the Americans at least had managed to finish college. The, the Canadians and the Australians that were over there, these were, these were, these were. Uh, I'll be blunt, they were the worst human beings that Canada and Australia could provide. I mean, just the most ignorant, backwoods, noofy girls. Just, I mean, just, uh, the, you were like, how did, how did you even figure out how to get on a plane to get over here? Just terrible human beings. I, I was room, my roommate was a 50 year old failed wheat farmer from Saskatchewan. And the one story, I, he told me all kinds of terrible stories about wheat farming in Saskatchewan, but the only one I can remember is the time that he got busted whacking off on a tractor in the middle of a wheat field. That, th- these are the people, he was, he was a, he was the one, of a second day of school, he pulled me aside and he said, you know what, Chris, if you really want to control the kids, you got to learn to hit them. And I thought, you, how, they let you in rooms with children? How does that, even, but, but I digress. We hate these people because we were those people. Um, and, and we, we hate them because the, we, we, we feel this shame in ourselves, but, but I, I want to, I've digressed. I've digressed a lot more than I meant to. 
Um, I could go on and on about the whole Japanese experience, but I'm not because that's not really what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk about that community. I want to talk about the community of hatred that I, I I don't belong to. I never post there. I never say anything. I'm a I'm a lurker in this little hateful community, which I think is the only thing that allows me to retain some of my soul. Um, this community may be a dark, jaded, really douchey community, but it's my community. I see these people and I, I, I hear what they have to say. And even though some of what they have to say is some of my darker, uglier thoughts, um, I agree with them. And, and I, I, I think, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, there was some guy who wanted to, he was, you know, and it's the same shit. It's these people that come and they're like, I need your advice. And you say, well, okay, I've lived here for 10 years. Here's my advice. And, and they say, yeah, that's not the advice I was looking for. Can someone else give me some advice until somebody tells me the advice that I was hoping to hear? And you say, well, that's actually not how it works. If you come here and you want advice and, and we tell you things that you don't agree with, uh, that's maybe you should change your opinion. But no, no, no. There was one very specific example. There was this guy, and he he was Canadian. I'm sorry to bash on Canadians. Sorry, Canada. But this guy came, he was Canadian, and he wanted, he was coming over on a tour group, and he wanted to know what kind of gifts to bring to hand out to everyone because somewhere he had gotten the idea that when you come to Japan, you're supposed to be like fucking Santa Claus handing gifts out everywhere. And it, and, and here, I'll give you a little bit of the shit you should know about Japan. Uh, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. You're not helping, right? But, but gift giving in Japan is a, it, it is a tradition here. It's a tradition that you have amongst people that you actually have real relationships with, not random tour guides or people that work in hotels. And usually when you give a gift to somebody, that means that at some point they're going to have to reciprocate and they're going to have to give that gift back. In fact, there's a whole sort of thing that they do in the summer and the winter where there's a kind of special gift that they give each other. And once you kind of get on this list of I gave you a gift and they give me a gift, you pretty much got to do that for the rest of your life or else it's really fucking rude. And, and that's a whole thing, right? And hey, here's this random little thing of maple syrup that I brought over to you from Canada Mr. Guy that works at the front desk at the hotel, that's just going to weird that dude out and make him feel uncomfortable. And they were like, yeah, 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 but I heard that they don't tip in Japan, and I feel really bad not tipping, so I feel like I should give them something. And I'm like, did you not hear that they don't tip? You you not doing this thing doesn't make them feel bad because they don't do this thing. When you When you go to a country that doesn't tip, just fucking don't tip dumbass right but but no they they really really want to bring their canadian this over and you know maybe i should bring little little miniature hockey pucks someone actually said i should bring little miniature hockey pucks and you're like do you really think that there's japanese people sitting around that are just hoping that you know i, I hope tonight at work somebody gives me a little miniature hockey puck so that i can take it home to my tiny little house and put it in the space that i don't have no don't don't do that Okay, and, and for those of you who are going to write afterwards and say, but gift giving is a big thing, you should... All right, all right, I'll, I'll finalize this. For those of you who are going to Japan, if you're going to stay at somebody's house or if you're going to go to dinner at somebody's house, yeah, you should bring a gift and you should bring food. And the reason you should bring food is because they can eat it or if they don't like it, they can throw it away. But either way, they don't have to have it in their damn house forever. That's the thing. And for those of you who are always like, why is there, you know, $50 cantaloupes? That's why they have $50 cantaloupes in Japan because you've got to 
bring some fruit and you want to bring the nice fruit and nice fruit costs 50 bucks. There, that's that little mystery solved. And that's somebody who actually lives here, who's been through this a whole bunch of times telling you how to do this. And some of you are like, well, yeah, but this other guy told me different. Well, then don't fucking ask for my advice then, dumbass. But anyway, I've digressed again. I wanted to talk about this concept of communities and, and, and looking at, at Reddit, um, yeah, Reddit is a fucking cesspool. I mean, there is just some terrible, terrible shit there. And, you know, I was looking around and I was actually looking because I was, I was looking for places that might be interested in this podcast. Maybe, maybe I should, uh, you know, post this podcast somewhere and see if somebody's interested in it. For instance, uh, we had this wonderful podcast with Ian from Witching Hour and I thought, you know what, he's Singaporean, it's a Singaporean studio. It's kind of a local homeboy done good story. So I went and posted it over in the R Singapore uh, Reddit and actually people liked it. It got a bunch of got a bunch of upvotes. Uh, we got a bunch of listens. So I thought, hey, that's a that's a pretty nice experiment. I'll try to do that some more. And so I was um, I was looking around for some some other places that we could put some of these podcasts. And I've I've got this podcast from from uh, Gwen who runs a sound studio. And I thought oh, I'll go look for uh, audio themed Reddits. And uh, if you ever do a search of Reddit for audio. Uh, prepare to find some some shit, some really creepy shit out there. Um, I, I I did found sound, sound studios and 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 that sort of thing. I also found an entire Reddit dedicated to people doing sexy pillow talk in quiet voices that you could play back in audio. I'm not real sure what that's for, but I'm pretty sure you're supposed to spank it. I'm I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that that's that. There there was there was another whole Reddit based around people who wanted to hear chewing noises, and they had all these different kinds of uh, foods that that you know this is me chewing bacon, this is me chewing candle. It would I I'm again I'm pretty sure you masturbate to that. I'm I don't know what other I mean. I, I can't imagine there's any other real purpose for that. I'm, I'm going to go with masturbation on that one. There was another one that was literally nothing but farts. It was an entire Reddit of people making farting and shitting noises. And again, I'm going to go with you're supposed to spank it to that. I don't know. I don't really know what you do with a whole Reddit full of flatulent... And maybe I'm projecting. Maybe it's me. Maybe Maybe it's because... Maybe I'm the one that's just thinking that you're supposed to spank it to all that. Maybe there's some other purpose for all this. Anyway, again, I digress. There are all of these wild communities. And it got me to thinking about the earliest online communities. I was part of some of the early, early, early online communities back in the back in the eighties. I used to be part of I lived in Dallas at the time and there used to be these BBSs, these bulletin board systems. And they were this was back when when, you know, there was no internet. There there were there were phone lines and you actually had like a three hundred baud modem that you stuck into the back of your Commodore sixty four and it made this little whistling noise that you could almost do with your mouth. Um, and, and it would, it would connect and, and you actually, you know, your phone was busy while you were online because you were using the phone line. And there was some guy who would get a second phone line and he would hook his computer up to the second phone line and he would host a bulletin board and everyone would call his computer, you know, and he was the kid in class who was cool enough to talk his parents into getting a second phone line so that he could run a bulletin board. I don't know how any of my friends talked anyone into that, but there were some people that did that. So you'd have your little bulletin boards up and everyone would go and post little messages. It was very much like today's forums, except, you know, we couldn't post 
pictures or or gifs or anything like that because of course you know it was 300 baud i mean it was so slow that it would actually put the text up about at the speed that you could read it and you know i think we we put some bad poetry up there song lyrics uh you know that sort of thing ascii porn if if anyone remembers the terrible ascii porn of the 80s and it was it was an early form of these communities and and a lot of the sort of of rules that exist now in online communities developed all the way back then and and they developed from natural communities if if we can go back and the world has always been full of communities and the the rules of communities you know i I remember that particular community we used to have meetups every now and then and we would meet up here this is this is going to this this is going to get as 80s as a John Hughes movie right now, we used to go to a place called Photon, which was the laser tag place down at the end of the street. And we used to all hang out down at Photon. And and we all had our our usernames from the BBSs, which we would also use as our, our Photon names. I had recently been bitten by a dog, and so my Photon and BBS name back in the day was Dogbite because I thought it sounded tough. Um, it was also for a while the only thing I could say because I had had a dog bite me in the face and I was had a face full of stitches and it hurt to talk. And so I really, when people would ask, why do you have a face full of stitches? I would just go dog bite because it hurt to talk. So yeah, I was dog bite back then. And and here, this this will give you a little picture of the 80s. The first girl I ever kissed was in the parking lot of the Photon. And she, I don't, I actually literally don't remember her real name. Uh, we all call her Darling Nikki after that uh, that Prince song. And you know what? If feeling up a girl named Darling Nikki in the back of a friend's Chevelle parked in the parking lot of a laser tag arena while listening to With or Without You from U2 while wearing an oversized paisley shirt and a bolo tie does not make me a child of the 80s. I have no fucking clue what does. So there's that. There's a little image for you. I give you that free of charge. Again, I have digressed. I'm trying to keep on point today and it's just not working. I'm going to drink some whiskey, and we're going to come back to that. Hang on a second. Ah, God damn, I like the wild turkey. Anyway, uh, back to the... Maybe that's why I'm having trouble being on point. Anyway, back to the point. So, back then, when we had these these online communities that also kind of were, were normal communities, it, sure, we... We didn't have a, a fact. We didn't have a read me first. We didn't get to tell everyone what the rules were. If you came to Photon and wanted to hang out with the guys at Photon, um, you, there, we, nobody handed you a piece of paper and said, hey, if you're going to hang out in our little Photon community, our little BBS bullshit nerd community, uh, here's, the, here's the list of etiquette rules. We didn't have that back then. We have that now. Right, you go to every Reddit sub forum has got its list of rules. Here's how you're supposed to post. Here's the, here's what we want to hear. Here's what we don't want to hear. Here's here's what you're allowed to say. Here's what you're not allowed to say. We used to not have that in this world, right? And it's amazing to see how people just lose their shit when you don't follow it. And 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 you you say, well, you know, oh my God, we're so sensitive now. But it comes from a very reasonable place. Back then, you know what we also didn't have. We didn't have thousands of people that could come and interrupt our community at any given point. Like, we couldn't have some random dude from Estonia just, like, pop into the Photon parking lot and be like, I want to sell you something now. Like, that wasn't something that could happen. So we didn't have to, we didn't have to tell him, hey, don't 
come here and try to sell me squirrely, you know, whatever the hell you sell on the internet these days. Yeah, that wasn't a, that wasn't a thing. So we didn't have to protect against it, right? We didn't have we didn't have just thousands of people popping in and popping out, and we we didn't have we didn't have trolls. You didn't you you, you couldn't. You couldn't troll an online BBS when you had to like dial in and be on the BBS for like half an hour before you could come back. Other people didn't have time to troll back then. Communities, even the online communities in the early days, but certainly real communities, they were limited in in size by actual space and time, right? Uh, you know, there was only so much time you could spend on a BBS. And if the BBS was always busy, then people didn't show up. So there was a hard limit to how many people could be on a BBS. And so those communities became very tight knit. There was a, there's a hard limit to how many people could show up at Photon. That parking lot only held so many cars. But now you can have thousands and thousands of people come, come you know, you, you, have, you have a single chat in, in, a, in a live stream can have thousands of people in it. A forum can have hundreds of thousands of people in it. Every time PewDiePie drops a video, millions of people see that. The numbers that we're talking about are immense, and it changes everything. And and there's always, you know, some of the stuff's still the same. There's still opinion leaders. There's still the popular people in the forum. There's still, you know, there, there's trolls and, and, and people who are dicks. There's always drama. But what's really changed is the world has figured out that they can monetize these communities. Right, it was very difficult to go monetize thousands and thousands of little BBSs around the world. It was very difficult to go monetize the guys that hung out at the record store. You could hang up some ads or something, but you couldn't monetize them the way you can monetize a community now. And in fact, we've reached a place in our universe of entertainment where being the popular kid in school, being the guy who knew all of the 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 Smith songs and could tell you, well, actually, did you know Morrissey actually used to write letters to the whatever, and he had all this trivia. Being that kid in your community, being the person who understands what's going on in the forum and is an opinion leader in that forum, it's actually worth money. It's worth, in, in the case of some of these YouTubers, literally millions of dollars a year. And... and and people are seeing how they can come in and they can be part of that. And these communities have been monetized in a way they never were before. I had another shitty job. When I was when I was young, my very first job, my actual very first time I ever got paid to do anything, I worked for a company called Rhythm and Views. It was a shitty little CD store that was on the edge of Garland, Texas, right where Garland met Dallas. It was actually across the street from the Photon, come to think of it. And Rhythm and Views needed some people to be there I forget what they called us. We were like representatives or or something. I forget what we we had some stupid name for us. Uh, but but what we really were was we were trained monkeys, right? They would like Rhythm and Views would like host a concert, and at the concert they would need a couple kids to come out and like be the voice of youth there at the event. And I would come out and be like, hey, everybody, how's it going? We're from Rhythm and Views, and we want you to come in and check out our sale on David Bowie CDs and whatever the fuck. And, and here's the thing. The Rhythm Views was really terrible about organizing events. So I don't know how many times I stood in a fucking empty parking lot trying to talk to, like, the three guys who were walking across the parking lot to go pick up some two-by-fours at the Handy Dan across the street and be like, you know, hey, let's all listen to this concert for these guys that got paid to do this gig that they feel really miserable about because they're basically playing to a bunch of pickup trucks here in the pepsico parking lot it was it was really kind of sad and there was there was one time actually that they actually bought my clothes i swear to god they bought my clothes 
They bought me like like acid wash jeans and day glow shirts with like rips in them because because apparently we were still living in like 1981 even though it was already like 91 and like at some point I just held up my hands and I was like I've sold out all I'm gonna sell out I'm not not dancing for you and it was it was because they actually they actually I mean I'm not exaggerating they actually told me to dance it was at some concert and there was like literally nobody there. Well, there was nothing delivering. I want to, people use literally too much. There was almost nobody there. There were probably maybe 15 people watching this concert in the parking lot of the Rhythm and Views. And they were just standing there watching the concert. And my boss was like, you need to go dance. And I was like, you need to get, no. And he was like, no, no, no. If you go dance, those other people will dance and then people won't go to their cars. And I'm like, that's not how this works. That That's not how any of this works but they were like no 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 I'm, I'm your boss and i'm telling you you go up there in front of the band and dance and i was like yeah we're done here this is that's the word this is the shit's over and i i quit that was the day i quit when they actually asked me to dance that was the level my very first job that's that's how i sold out in, in but anyway that what they were trying to do all the way back then is exactly what game companies and music companies and everyone else is trying to do right now, which is build communities around brands, build communities around stuff and commerce, because they see that they can monetize those communities. And here's what's funny. The communities get it. They know. They know what's happening. You, the millennials. I got. I. I tell you what. I've never loved a generation as much as I fucking love millennials because they fucking get it. They. You try to do this to a kid and who's eighteen years old, and he's like, "Yeah, I know what you're up to. Yeah, I'm not buying that shit." They're 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 completely. They're, they're they're beyond somewhere beyond jaded. They're not. They're, they're, we're jaded. Generation X, my generation, we're jaded. We're still pissed off about it. They're not even pissed off. They they get it. They've seen behind the curtain, and you can't sell them that community anymore. Amongst the evil little Reddit that I hang out with, going back to my evil little Japanese uh, hate Reddit. Um, the the, the 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 thing they hate more than anyone else they hate english teachers they hate tourists they hate pe- but the ones they really hate there's a word they call them a weeb and and a weeb is i don't even know i don't even know where it starts but but the idea of a weeb you you know a weeb everyone everyone listening to this podcast knows at least one weeb he's the guy that reads all the manga and he watches the anime and he's got a whole bunch of little plastic figurines and he's never freaking been to Japan he doesn't know anything about Japan but he's convinced that he speaks Japanese because he knows how he can kind of understand like four or five words from all the anime that he watches and you know he's got some kind of creepy Japanese schoolgirl fetish and you're just a little bit weirded out by being around him that guy that's a weeb and and no one is lower on the totem pole of expatriates that live in Japan than the weeb. Nobody is more hated than the weeb. And and the reason the weeb is hated is because the weeb is an outsider. The weeb is an outsider trying so hard to be inside. He hasn't put the time in. He hasn't put the effort in. He thinks he speaks the language, but he doesn't. He thinks he knows something about Japan, but he doesn't. 
There, there's another there's another term that gets thrown around. They call him a JCE, which is a a Japanese cultural expert, and it's the guy who wants to explain to you how Japan works because he he read it in a book somewhere. And here's the here's the funny part about this. Here's the punchline. Everything that makes a weeb a weeb, everything that makes a JCE a JCE is also what makes all of the old, jaded, bitter expatriates who they are, too. We all watched anime. We all read some manga. I'm not really into it, but I've, I've, I liked Bleach. It was interesting. I like, I like Miyazaki films. You know, we, we all went through the period where we didn't speak Japanese. We all went through the, you know, we, we all went through that period where we thought we knew something and we thought we needed to explain all about Japan to people who didn't know about Japan because we had this thing and, you know, fucking, hey, I got this shiny thing. Doesn't everyone want to see it? Look, let me tell you about Japanese post-war history. I just read Dower and I want to tell you all about it. Like, we all went through that phase and now we look back on that and we see ourselves and there's nothing a person hates more than than himself. There's nothing he hates more than the part of himself that he's ashamed of in the past. And the thing that we're ashamed of the most is that we were a poser. That we were trying to ingratiate ourselves into that community. We were trying to buy into that community when we hadn't put in the time, we hadn't put in the work. And I I think now about Twitch and YouTube. I think about Reddit, and I think about other forums and gaming forums and gaming blogs. I think about indie gaming events. I think about all of these communities, and all of these communities have their own opinion leaders. They have their old hands who've been here since before time began. They've got the new kids that are trying to break in. They've got their own version of a weeb. They've got their own version of the guy who you're just like, dude, stop trying so fucking hard. They've all got the, the their version of a, of a cultural expert, the guy who wants to explain it all to you, but he doesn't know shit because he just got here. Every one of these communities has it, from the, from the, from the biggest community down to the smallest little a uh, little little channel on Twitch that's only got 12 people on it. This community thing and understanding how communities work is the heart of entertainment and it's never been more true than it is right now because the only way that you're going to sell anything is to sell to those communities and those communities are actively not wanting to be sold to and at the same time actively consuming your products. And that's a conundrum. So this is where I should offer you an answer and tell you, well, I've, I've unraveled this mystery and let me tell you how I've figured it out. But I can't. I can't offer you that. Um, I still feel weird. I've, I've spent the last, I'm going to, I'm going to do another podcast about this later. In fact, I'll be doing, I'll be talking about this kind of stuff on quite a few podcasts, but I've spent pretty much the last year. This is my one year anniversary of live streaming on Twitch. And I've spent that time trying to learn what it's like to be a live streamer, trying to learn what their lives are like and and what they do, getting to know people. And, and one of the things I learned very early on in it is you can't fake this shit. You can't come in and be like, hey, uh, Monica, go go learn about these people for me and report back. You can't. It doesn't work like that. If you want to be in these communities, you have to go into those communities. You have to contribute in those communities. I can't just take my podcast and spam it across all of the, the, the Reddits and hope that people are going to pick it up because they're just going to see it for the advertising that it is. I have to be a member of that community. Not try to be a member of that community because that's going to hopefully get me something, but because being a member of that community is the thing. 
we now in our world in entertainment are all about belonging to these communities, talking to these communities and providing things for these communities. And I don't have answers to all of this right now. But what I can tell you is I still feel it. I've been making games for 25 years. I've shipped so many titles. I've talked at so many conventions. Theoretically, I'm supposed to be somebody. But every time I join a new community, whether it's I'm going and joining a, a, a chat group in a live stream or whether I'm showing up in a new Reddit or I'm just going and trying to hang out with the guys over at the 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 indie mega booth at, at PAX, I'm an outsider because I'm not part of that community and I have to learn those rules again and I have to do my time again and I have to learn who knows what, and I have to learn what's happening in the language, and I have to figure out what the fact and the read this first is for that community, and I have to contribute to that community, because you'll never, ever get to walk into that community and just start selling your shit. You're never going to walk into that community and just start getting them to provide for you. You actually have to be part of that community, a constructive, meaningful part. And there's only so many communities that you can be part of. This shit takes time. You can't you can't be a part of every community. You can't be someone everywhere. You have to actually choose your battles and say, these are the places I'm going to be someone. These are the places I'm going to put my time and energy into. And then you've got to put real time and energy into that. And so I, I don't know what the solution is, but I know that it's work. And I know that it's being genuine and it's being honest. And I know that it's actually contributing to those communities. And I know this because that's how it works in every other community I'm a part of. So that's what I've got for you today. I don't know if that's helpful or useful or applicable, but it's my world and I thought I would share it. So that's all I've got for today. I would like to actually point out, uh, I did a really great interview recently with a friend of mine, Vincent Corella. He's a photographer and a writer. And it was one of the more remarkable interviews I've done because I think the level of honesty in it was just incredibly high. And it talked a lot about the sort of challenges that people face when they uh, follow their dreams when they go out and they, they risk everything and they put, you know, everything on the line to go follow an artistic dream and to do that thing. And I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil the interview, but wherever you found this podcast, uh, there should be an interview with Vincent Corella. And I highly suggest you check that out. It was a really beautiful interview, uh, with a really wonderful band. And I just, I think it's something that, uh, I'm really proud to have been part of. So I want you to go check that out. If you like that, let me know. If you didn't like that, or if you want to see something else, let me know. As always, check it out. Uh, put it on your Facebook, put it on your Twitter, put it on all those places where people hang out. Let people know that the podcast is here. Let's see if we can get some more people listening. And uh, that's what I've got. See you on the next show.